0: Welcome to the Well-Seasoned Librarian Podcast. This is Season 9, Episode 6. I'm your host, Dean Jones. Today I'm talking to Matthew Cockrell, who is the CEO and founder of Cookbook, which is an open access uh, platform where you can basically go and you can get uh, recipes uh, basically tailored for your needs uh, whenever you want it. Um, You can basically go and use it as a platform to find out different types of recipes for different cuisines, different types of eating styles, different regions. It's just really diverse and easy to use. And I highly recommend it. Uh, Matthew uh, is a pioneer in OER. He basically uh, created, he's a co-founder of open access publishing pioneer Biomed Central, which I know you've heard of. So. He helped to bring 350 year old science publishing industry into the digital age, pretty impressive. He's doing the same thing with cookbooks and cookbooks, the platform is just amazing. You're gonna wanna check it out. I really wanna recommend um, this platform to you. And if you're not convinced by what I'm just saying right now, listen to this conversation with Matthew Cockrell. I had a really good time talking to him and I think you're gonna enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the Well-Seasoned Librarian podcast. I'm your host, Dean Jones, and today I'm very honored to be talking to Matthew Cockrell, who is the CEO of Cookbook, an online digital subscription service for cooks. Matthew, welcome to the
1: program. Hi, it's great to be here, thanks.
0: I was very interested uh, reading your biography, and I was just really thrilled, especially uh, about the portion where we talk about you being a former molecular biologist, and you have a background in science publishing. You also are very influential helping scientists communicate the results of their work with an open access model, and um, we've had a lot of previous uh, episodes talking about open access. Uh, can, we, can we talk a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. So when I was in the lab, it was in the, um, I guess, the early days of things like the Human Genome Project. And so there was a real culture of openness which sprang up around that, realizing that rather than it being very proprietary, because the the web was also in its very early stages right then, there was a recognition that so much more could be achieved if there was really open sharing of information. And it would be possible to find models that could still work in business terms, but would revolve around openness. And that was a big change when it came to uh, scientific communication because for the several decades uh, scientific publication had become a big business, mainly around subscriptions and so those subscriptions revolved around barriers to content being accessed and uh, that was seen as, in a way, inevitable to cover the costs. And what we introduced when we started Biomed Central was a model of saying, okay, we can cover the costs of publication, but why don't we think of that in a different way? Think of it as a cost of doing the research, and it's very small in comparison with the cost of doing the research to just pay a little little bit more to communicate the research. And what that ended up showing was that sometimes the traditional players, the established players in a particular market, say in publishing or scientific communication, could be quite slow to realize just how much potential there was to use a different model in the digital world, which could end up being better for everyone. And that's for all the players involved, for the publishers, for the research funders, for the scientists, for the readers, for the public, everyone really benefits from this open communication of scientific research. And that has ended up translating into what we're now doing in the world of food and cooking, because similarly, there's an established traditional model around selling printed books and that's great and there are fixed costs associated with a printed book and you can sell those books and design them and they're beautiful, but they Uh, That limits in a certain way how much people have the ability to explore and try out different things, because you have to decide, do I am I interested enough to decide I'm right now going to buy this book for $30 or whatever. And so what we recognized is by introducing new models into this space models, which have been very successful in other areas like movies and music. We could potentially really help people to explore and discover uh, and enjoy food and cooking in a way that the traditional model wasn't really making the most of.
0: I'm I'm so in love with this because as a librarian I just see I see all of what you're doing and I just think this is so important and it's going to be so beneficial to so many people so thank you for this I just think this is magnificent. Um, Now, Cookbook is a platform that offers direct access to renowned cookbooks throughout the globe. And Cookbook has been called the Spotify of the culinary world by some people. Where did Cookbook begin for you? Where, I mean, I know that you'd worked on open access before. Is that where you kind of like, where, did you have like a love of food and cooking and that kind of like one day you kind of had a brainstorm? How did it, how did it uh, come around for you?
1: I mean, yeah, my background has always involved food and cooking. I grew up on a farm where we were producing actually potatoes uh, and bringing, supplying potatoes to the the whole industry in the UK, which was quite uh, you know connected me into the world of food. My brother became a chef. Um, at home, my mum was a keen cook. We had shelves full of books by like Robert Carrier, and then also these books published by the UK supermarket Sainsbury's. And it's been great actually through the process with cookbooks to be able to take some of those really fondly remembered books, which are remembered not just by me, but like so many, uh, especially the UK users. Oh, no, actually, Robert Carrier all over the world, and to bring those classics online. Um, so food has been an important part of my life. But what happened was the work on open access publishing really succeeded in becoming mainstream. So it was no longer a kind of uh, a disruptive thing. It was like progressively the entire world of science publishing recognized, well, this is the way we have to go. And so I was really interested in that phase of actually creating change, making things uh, improve, things which are not working quite as well as they should. And so with my, I had a huge collection of cookbooks, but it was quite frustrating not being able to access them from my pocket in the same way that I could in terms of music and not being able to search them and getting hold of a really interesting ingredient and thinking I must have like a recipe to make something interesting with octopus or whatever. Uh, And it's like, well, how am I somewhere or other? I'm sure there are lots of recipes for this, but it's really difficult to find them. So um, it was recognizing that there was a problem to be solved. And that also there was a reason why it kind of hadn't happened yet. And that really is that the world of the sort of rights involved with book publishing, book publishing has been going on for many hundreds of years and it kind of operates in a particular way. It's still quite broken down by geographical region and it operates where books go into print and then the print run kind of get runs out. They go out of print. The rights kind of it's a very complicated situation. And so yeah. no one had really bitten off that problem of how can we assemble uh, the rights to be able to offer a really great range of high quality cookbook content. And so we had an idea. I got talking to a cookbook publisher called John Croft, uh, uh, who ran a small company called Absolute Press, who, for example, had published the first books by Keith Floyd, who was like the original TV chef in the UK. Um, And what we recognized was that there were books, cookbooks that really um had long-term value that they were published and that they weren't something which had a you know a year or two where it was uh, interesting but they they were things that people kept going back to and which influenced a whole generation of chefs in some cases and so we figured why don't we try and figure out what those books are a kind of canon of really high quality books which would be worth preserving and then set about seeing if we can bring together as a starting point, the license for those classic books. And so the way we went about this was with a project called A Thousand Cookbooks. And we asked hundreds and hundreds of chefs and authors and other food experts to give us their top 10 list of all-time favorite cookbooks. And it was really interesting. I mean, I was expecting the food writers to be really enthusiastic about the books which had influenced them. But I found even more so, it was chefs. Chefs were really saying, oh my God, no, this book persuaded me to become a chef, or this book is the book on this subject, you know, it is amazing. And so that kind of passion that the authors and chefs had for those books really encouraged us to think it was worth doing, we should bring these together. And so we approached publishers, and we also approached the chefs themselves, because the way it works is that many of these books were within five or 10 years of publication would go out of print, and the rights would then be in a kind of limbo where the the chefs and authors could request to get them back. And so we brought together what we thought would be a good critical mass. We were amazed that it was kind of, for example, Escoffier's uh, Guide Culinaire was simply sitting around, not in any digital form. And we were able to license that actually from an academic publisher, Taylor and Francis and a whole bunch of other really significant works. And we launched, uh, we actually ran a Kickstarter campaign in 2018. And that was really great. It got featured on the homepage of Kickstarter and kind of got two and a half times its target and eventually launched the um, subscription service in 2019 and have been sort of building from there, from that initial core collection of content, we've brought on board more and more publishers. And it's very much a kind of um, snowball effect that the more high quality authors, high quality publishers uh, and exciting books you bring together, the more it's easy to attract more to the platform
0: so for somebody who uh creates a um, a subscription to it and starts working on a cookbook what's the difference between this platform and others that might be out there
1: so there are a lot of sites out there which focus on a particular niche of content uh, a a blog a certain area um and it might be also very sort of specific to a particular local country and so And a lot of those sites involve user-generated content and uh, and they're also ad-supported. And what is different about Cookbook is we are, in the same way that something like Spotify covers a vast range of different musical genres, we aim to cover or have something for everyone. We cover in great depth, all different international cuisines, all different styles of cooking, whether you're into sourdough baking or barbecue and grilling or Asian food. Or, you know, you want to know everything about every different type of noodle. We have that in depth. And all of that is available to you as a subscriber in an ad-free way. And it's all through a consistent interface across everything. And by using that content as well, it's not just, um, there are quite a few sites which also offer a promotional taste of content. And then if you want the whole thing, you have to go and buy the book. And in our case, what we're saying is books are great. You will discover many books you may well want to own through the service. But we are giving you here access to the content. That's every recipe and all the non-recipe content in every book. Um, So it's really important that this isn't a sort of a teaser simply for something else. This is saying when you want to discover and find out more about a particular culinary topic, this can be your source of authority. This is where the real information is. And we have a lot of professional reference works. We have a lot of things like the Oxford Companion to Food, where they are seriously reliable sources. If you want to figure out what the best temperatures do to to do your sous vide at is, again, there's high quality, trustable uh, material there. And I think that's a big challenge online. There are millions of recipes available for free online, but knowing what to trust and also even being able to filter and find what you want. If you have a very specific combination of ingredients, but you want to find something to also satisfy certain dietary requirements, it's really difficult if everything is on lots of different sites. And by bringing together such a trusted collection of high quality content with a really powerful set of search tools, it gives you um, a resource, which is a resource for home cooks. But we also have many professional chefs who use our uh, service. And we have an increasing number of culinary schools who are using it as a research resource for their faculty and for their students. uh, Because again, it's this high quality trusted content.
0: This episode is sponsored by Culinary Historians of Northern California, a Bay Area educational group dedicated to the study of food, drink, and culture in human history. To learn more about this organization and their work, please visit their website at www.chnorcal.org. You can save recipes on a cookbook right you can you can like if you like them you can kind of bookmark them in a way is that correct
1: yeah and more than that you can organize them into we kind of say it's a bit like a recipe playlist but you can create collections maybe a list of your favorite books or a list of recipes to form a menu or a whole bunch of options for using if you have you know we've got a pear tree in our garden so i've built a whole collection of interesting things to make with those pears And we've now made it so that you can choose to have those as a private collection or you can share it publicly. So it's indexed and people can search and find it or you can just have it and share it privately just with friends and family who you give the link to and you can use it for your own um, family recipe sharing.
0: Um, You can also, so as you just said, um, you can share it. So I was excited by the idea of this. You can share recipes on cookbook with friends and family, correct?
1: That's right, you, as you build up your favorites, uh, and you can add your own private notes as well to a recipe and, and add reviews, public reviews, and then you can share your collections of recipes as well with your own annotations.
0: I wanna circle back to something you mentioned earlier. Um, how do you choose the cookbooks that get on Cookbook?
1: So a big part when we got started with the, was the recommendations from our 1,000 Cookbooks project, and that was helping us to identify it skewed a little bit towards classics. People were telling us, like someone like uh, Nigella Lawson told us about some of the books which she really kept going back to. Yosef Muthengi recommended Claudia Roden's books, things like that. Um, and then, in so we brought together many of those based on those recommendations, and also newer books from those same authors. Um, and then s- since then, um, we definitely hear a lot of uh, recommendations coming through from our users so we listen to that we see what's popular on the site, and we work with um, publishers to select what we think from their crop of new, um, newly published books, uh, what they're going to be, um, you know, high quality good fits also filling in gaps in our coverage so we want to make sure that we have um, Good coverage of different range of uh, international cuisines. Some of those are more difficult to find than others. So we've been working to add some uh, publishers who have. Uh, we've got lots of Middle Eastern food, for example, but not so much African food. So we're looking. Uh, we've been adding a few more African books. Uh, also, we've got lots of books, for example, from the Southern US. We've been uh, really uh, developing that collection. Um, so yeah, different, diff- diff- different, um sources, but especially recommendations from food experts who've helped us to kind of, it's that kind of curation where uh, they're helping to uh, identify these kind of um, kind of critically acclaimed books. We also, a lot of, uh, we work with the Guild of Food Writers. So books which win those, uh, the Guild of Food Writers in the UK has cookbook awards as does the IACP and the James Beard Foundation. And so we're very keen whenever we can to bring together those, um, those type of books.
0: Oftentimes when I'm preparing uh, menus for the week for my family, or if I'm looking to do like a holiday meal, I have to get all these books out of my collection and have a stack of books and I have to do the uh, the work ahead of time I have to do research. This though seems way more instantaneous. Do you think this is going to open up a world of cooking for the average home cook or the chefs that are working on recipes in their own uh, kitchens.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the areas we are working quite hard on in terms of wh- where we are right now and where we're developing is how to help people figure out what's a kind of a routine and a habit that can help them to find new ideas and to experiment a bit more and what are some of the barriers that get in the way when someone would like to cook more so there are some things you can do like getting recipe kits delivered which is kind of quite expensive and it's quite wasteful in many ways and but on the other hand it takes care of some of those um, the, the challenges in terms of getting ingredients but we've done things like having integrations now with instacart to make it eat and we're going to add amazon fresh shortly as well so it's easier to get hold of those ingredients and then we have alerts so every day you can get a recipe of the day alert for example and you just get ideas and new collections when they appear will say oh this is a seasonal ingredient here are some ideas of what you can cook here and then with that as you say it's it's with you wherever you are so if you are out shopping, you can see, well, what could I make with this? And you can write there and then have a quick look, come up and see what else you need to buy to go with it. So, yeah, the fact that this is all much more in real time available definitely can start to change how people cook. And I think we our mission is very much to encourage people to get the most out of their cooking. We say be your best cook, but to really it make cooking not a chore but something which you enjoy because you don't need to cook these days you've got other choices but cooking can yeah. uh, cooking for friends is and for family it's very rewarding and especially rewarding if you have really interesting and good things to cook and that's what we are aiming to provide because people who like to cook definitely go out and seek to find you know really a nice knife or some uh, um, good kitchenware or a nice pan and i think Obviously, when it comes to the inspiration of what to cook, it's equally important to find something you trust. So that's what we're bringing together and helping people to discover. They might know, oh, I know I like this author, but who else might I like? And we have many connections. So uh, you can follow links on our website. And a lot of people say they find it quite addictive. It's like going down a rabbit hole and exploring all the links and then discovering books and recommendations they haven't even heard of.
0: It seems to me, too, very much that as somebody who works in libraries, I see that access is often a problem for people. And not everybody lives in a big city where they're close to a big metropolitan library. Not everybody you know, lives in areas where they have access to good libraries or good bookstores. Do you think this is gonna be a big game changer for a lot of people that live in remote areas or rural areas?
1: Yeah, we certainly know that um access, I mean, for even as simple as people in Australia struggle, it's quite expensive to get hold of books which are published in, um, you know, in the uh, northern hemisphere. And so this has definitely been a game changer for a lot of Australian cooks having access to a much wider range of content. Um, And then when it comes to widening access in general, we're finding that yes, working with the library community is a really interesting aspect. So that's both on the sort of the educational and academic side. But also, we started to speak to public libraries as well, because we think uh, this kind of education around um, cooking is kind of fits into um, the, the sort of mission of many libraries in many ways. It's one important part of culture where libraries can play a role in sharing knowledge and knowledge which is actually can be in a be a sort of life skill and it t- ties in with health and nutrition as well and also with kind of discovering about international culture. So it's the kind of thing that um, fits quite well into that library model. So we're we're really interested in all the different partnerships we can create to uh, broaden the reach of what Cookbook has brought together.
0: What is some of the feedback uh, you've heard about Cookbook so far?
1: Yeah, it's great. I mean, um, always interesting to see the uh, feedback on the app store and then uh, we, we get lots coming through to us Uh, through our sort of customer service system. Um, I think, yeah, it's, as I say, it's been a a kind of um, change things a lot uh, that the ability to, people often say they get put off buying a book because they know they sometimes buy a book and they only cook one recipe from it. And they're like, well, should I, you know, what that, there's always that question of, am I going to be, I'm really interested to explore this, but I'm sort of hesitant to make that commitment. And so because cookbook lets you dip into and explore different things. It does change um, how people work. You don't have to stick to just the safe option of one author you already know, you can range more broadly. Um, So yeah, um, I actually have vast amounts of feedback and instead of uh, um, remind myself.
0: Yeah, um, I'm sure there's, there's quite a bit. I'm sure a lot of people are kind of like being, because I mean, it just seems like a real game changer to me. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, so another thing, I'll tell you one of the uh, a really notable thing is that nostalgia plays a huge role. So the, some of the most enthusiastic feedback comes in when people have been searching for years, really, for a recipe they remember. And they suddenly discover that not only can they find out, but the whole recipe and the whole book are available through the site. Uh, that you know is transformational and then it turns out that whole family remembers that thing they used to cook it then so we have all kinds of interesting books we have Jocelyn Dimbleby's cooking for Christmas it's published in 1978 and it has a mince pie recipe in it and there's so many reviews we get of that one specific mince pie recipe not only that on Google every December we can see this big spike and literally thousands of people come to that one recipe searching for it by name um and yeah we have um, old uh Recipes from the Farm Journal, for example, on, um, on on the U.S. side of things, and Robert Carrier as well. And there's the, that kind of um, nostalgia plays a role. But then you have brand new content from t- chefs who are on TV right, right now. And every time they appear on TV, people think, oh, look what they were cooking. And they Google um, the name of that recipe, and we see a big spike from that as well.
0: So what do you think the future holds for cookbook?
1: So I think we're really keen to uh, figure out how to help people to incorporate cooking into their their routine so that they can make the most of it. I think one thing which we often hear from people is that they struggle to find time or it's it's always this balance. And so I think we, um i for example uh, spend because uh, i'm really into japanese food and japanese culture i kind of have a routine every morning where i do a little bit of uh, japanese language learning and there are ways and apps which really help and encourage you to put the effort in to do that and to get you really get sort of rewarded around how you do that and so we're kind of developing ways to help make the experience of using cookbook a bit more personalized and also to give you a sort of incentives and rewards to actually try things out and to cook more different recipes from different cuisines and so helping people if you like to um, set goals for themselves and to um, see what things they'd like to try cooking and then figure out track their progress towards doing that I think that's one uh, important area and then you know another really important area now we know how much the, um, the users who have access to cook but really enjoy using it we're really developing many different types of partnership to get cookbook into more people's hands. And so I mentioned culinary schools is an important one, um, the the, the whole library system, but we also have quite a few um, marketing partnerships with big, for example, appliance makers. So if you get a a cooker, um, then having a really high quality uh, inspirational set of recipes from trusted names fits well, well together with that. And so, uh another important aspect is uh that kind of cooperation to uh to get cookbook more visible everywhere, but also we are making it work technically speak, tech making it work with the modern kitchen. So we have technical integrations going on there so that you can even send uh the times and temperatures, for example, from the cookbook straight through to the um to a Wi-Fi connected oven. So um yeah, I think at this point, um
0: I know that I'm yeah. going to be using cookbook to help. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, oh, sorry. <laughs> you, you go ahead.
0: I know that I'm going to be, I'll edit that part out. Um, yeah. I know that I'm going to be using cookbook, um, to help me create my Christmas dinner this year. Uh, I'm going to make a roast and Yorkshire pudding and mince pies. Are you using cookbook to help plan anything for your family this, uh, this Christmas?
1: I'm pretty impressed at how uh consistently um loyal the my family has become. Almost it's it's yeah, so they they have under their own momentum now become kind of their own cookbook addicts. So I've just literally been eating some chocolate chip cookies made by my daughter, which are <laughs> amazing. Um so yeah, we do. We um we are um regularly uh making the most of, of what's available. Um and I think this um this new year especially we're going to be having people over at new year doing a few things around like um and fondue so i think we're, we've got some collections nice. coming up relating to nice warming winter cheese dishes uh, that's what's next on our list i think
0: beautiful i love that so i want to um thank you for being on the podcast today i really enjoyed getting a chance to talk to you i i want everybody to hear about cookbook i think it's a really wonderful platform i do want to mention that you're very generously providing a, a a voucher code for 25% off on new cookbook premium membership. So we're going to put a link to that on the information page for this episode. So people should look for that. If they're on uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, et cetera, just look for that in the bio information. OK, so Matthew, thank you for being on the program. I really enjoy getting a chance to talk to you.
1: Thanks, Dean. That was fun.
0: That was my conversation with Matthew Cockerell of cookbook he's generously offered a 25% off discount on a link in the bio to cookbook that's for the premium membership check that out and if you want to join cookbook and you should um, you can this is a really good time to do it utilizing that wonderful discount on friday we're going to be talking to atavia garcia swisecki i really enjoyed my chance to get to talk to her and talk about her new book the kieran derrick's Toolkit. We had a really great conversation. I can't wait to hear that on Friday. Check that out then. Hope you're having a chance to cook wonderful things with friends and family and having a good end to the holiday season. See you on Friday.